Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for coming down here to hear me. My name is uh, Hunde, Pastor Hunde. I think it's almost a year since I was uh, ordained to this church, St. Michael, as a associate pastor on the paper, but t I literally I'm doing work in, on 1.5 immigrant generation. We will talk that later in detail about my story, how, that I, how I'm attracted to 1.5 immigrant generation ministry. But uh, I want to start by reading this scripture. I don't know why I read this scripture, but maybe later it might put us grace under pressure to go do what I'm doing for all of us. That's why I guess I'm reading. I just don't want to translate to your life. I want Holy Spirit to translate for you. Because going uh, out to do any ministry is between individual and the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It is. Uh, so let's read. And thank you. Uh, beautiful and a strong accent. Yeah, it's beautiful and a strong accent. So if you don't understand or if I tend to f talk too fast, do like this or just tell me <laughs> loudly, hey, slow down a little bit. Okay. I tend, I'm a, I preached to um, Ethiopian community for 15 years. So in our culture, we speak fast. If we don't speak fast, the audience say, oh, pastor is not ready today. That's why he speaks slow. It's serious. It's, it's, it's true. People laugh always, don't believe me, but it's exactly true. If we tend to speak slowly... They categorize our, oh, pastor took it carelessly. He didn't prepare today. That's why. Other, uh, some, uh, I talk here fast. Oh, it's too much coffee. <laughs> it is true. It's too much coffee sometimes. Here is uh, Exodus chapter 27. I put it over there already. This uh, scripture is actually, it is very... A uh, huge principle, spiritual principle, leadership, which even American universities are used this one as a as a principle of uh, law and the grace and even law school. Uh, why is that here? It is grace under pressure, so uh, it is good to read it. It says like this: Then Hamalek came and fought with Israel. In Rephidim, Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with God's rod in my hand. So Joshua did. As Moses had told him, and fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. It happened when Moses held up his hand, the Israelite prevailed. And when he laid down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. He sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hand, the one on the other side, the other on the other side. His hand were steady until the sunset. Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. 
Yahweh said to Moses, write this for the memorial in a book. Rehearse it into the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the sky. And uh, Moses built an altar and called the name of that Yahweh our banner. He said, has sworn Yahweh will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Holy Spirit, I invite you here through, through me or through us, speak to us. So then, with your power, by your grace, we go for you to display your glory and your aroma to generation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, before I go to that, I said, this we see here, what happened on the next chapter. Moses' father-in-law advised Moses, right? Before Moses' father-in-law advised him, God himself advised him by bringing challenge to him. Um, after Moses delivered God's people from Egypt, they have been through different challenges. It's obvious up to, uh, up to this point. For example, the first challenge was on chapter 14, they faced Red Sea, right? How they solve it? Moses had to cry to God. God said, raise your hand on the sea. And then they pass through it. That was the challenge. Again on chapter 15, what happened? Another challenge came to them. Or they came to challenge. What was that? The shortage of all the water problem. The water was not suitable to drink. So this time who had to cry again? Moses again, nobody else. He cried to God, and the God healed the water. They drink. Again, on chapter 16, another challenge came. What was the challenge now? Food shortage. Why you kill us without food? They cried to Moses, and again to solve the problem, who had to cry again? Did you guys ask now at this point, why is it every day Moses? Why is it every time Moses? Moses cried to God, and the meat was rained from heaven, from the sky. They ate, right? Even on the chapter 17 that we read, another challenge came. The water problem again came, right? Who had to cry again? I'm not preaching, I'm just g- g- getting you guys in the rhythm. So then Holy Spirit might translate for you guys after we talk later. <laughs> I ask him to wait until then. <laughs> and uh, the, the shortage of water came again. Who cried? Moses cried to God. God said, eh, talk to the stone. And he struck the stone, right? He's a rock. The water fled and everybody, Okay. But on the chapter 7, on the verse 8, normally they walk to challenge. This time, challenge walk to them. A different challenge. Before, as they walk, they face a water problem, the sea problem, the food problem, as they walk to the problem. Now the problem itself walk to them. 
the problem itself worked to them. Who is that? The challenges. It's new challenge. Amalekites. Amalekites came to fight Israelites because they must have heard the story that when they go through the sea, when God, Yahweh, provide for them miraculously water, food from heaven. And, but this point is at the point where they get very tired of everything. So he came to destroy them before they transitioned to their fertile land. Amalekites lived in the fertile land. Now they start to cry, but Yahweh said, this time the challenge is different. The solution is different. He introduced different way of solution for the different challenges that came to them. Before, who cry for every challenge? Moses alone. This time, Yahweh said, no, not you. Pick a group among you. Or fight the Amalekites. God introduced another principle of spiritual here on Genesis chapter 17. Different principle. It's a very huge principle. We're not going to go to that detail. but And then Moses did. Who picks first time young leader he named. Before this, we didn't know his name. Joshua. He said, he picked him, go fight. I, he did it the same thing. He Pick group and start fighting to go fight. As I call it, ground force leader. And himself, Moses said, I'll go to the mountain, held my hand up to Yahweh. I call him air force leader. <laughs> ground force, air force. And Moses was old at this point. It is over, his age is over 80 years old. He cannot hold his hand all day, so he has to find side forces. Aaron and Hur. Imagine the delegation of Jab, the delegation of ministry. He sent ground force, Joshua, himself to intercession. I call it some theology and call it different. I don't know what other meaning when you raise hand to Yahweh, to God. He starts that. Who and the who? But the, 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 in this is so, uh, who fights the fall? That's the question. Is that Joshua? It seems Joshua here. Right? Because Joshua defeated Amalekite, says. But later, said, no, 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 no. When Moses held down his hand, who prevailed? Amalekite. When Moses stayed. His hand who prevailed. Israelite, right? So it is not up to Joshua only or Moses only and also those people too. Right? That's why at the end, for the first time in the Pentateuch book, Yahweh said, write this book. I will destroy Amalekite forever. That means victory is by God. Victory, it is by God. God gave them victory, and that's why Moses built altar saying that Yahweh Nisai. That means God is our banner. God is our flag, our victory, our winner. He won for us the victory, the battle. 
Even he said, rehash to Joshua Hosein, he don't brag to himself saying that I fight the, fa- the battle. He, he is stand for God where he was delegated. Who and are, who it took all of them. Even though if you have the right hand, even though if it is take to go lead as a ground force leader, even though if it take as a prayer group, it took all of them to fight the fight. Ultimately, the victories earned by who? By Yahweh. Being that said, let me go to uh, my point. Um, I came to United States 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Um, I won diversity visa lottery. Did you guys heard of it? Diversity, they call it short term DV lottery. I won it, pretty big deal. I remember it was that year they said, I asked even American embassy how many people apply worldwide. About 147 million people applied. I won on number four. Grace under pressure. Uh, on number four. After that, I was excited, but they said, for one year, we're going to put you under study your criminal background and the medical background. One week is not enough. <laughs> Six months is not enough. No, one year to two years, which they did for two years. Even though I won num- on number four, if I fail for one of the reasons, that day I'm going to be assessed, I'll be done. My life was done. However, it meant to be by God. Those two years, I passed through every assessment and study, everything. And ended up here, January 19, 2008. <laughs> yeah. Even you say, why you picked Minnesota in the first place? Right? They asked me to choose anywhere in North America. But I choose Minnesota. Why so? <laughs> I know. It's funny. That I don't know anywhere exists except Minnesota. How? River, Mississippi River. When the longest river that crosses one state into two is Mississippi, found in Minnesota. I don't have computer. I am the first generation from my family, family who make it to United States. So who am I going to call and ask? I don't have aunt. I don't have uncle. I don't have any ancestors who moved to United States before me. So I said, Minnesota, I came <laughs> January 19th from 80 degree to minus 25. <laughs> I know. Minus 25. Short sleeve. Short sneaker. No, it's flip flop. Yeah. No sponsor, nowhere to go, no English. I have two words from English I can confidently say. It is only yes or no for whatever you say. If you say Haina, I might be say yes. I don't know English. But what makes me to decide to come from that continent to here 
to this continent without knowing no English, without knowing where can I sleep for a single night. For a night, I don't even know where I'm going to sleep when I landed here. Grace. I came here, took my luggage, don't know English, stood in the corner of airport, waiting miracle. Because I learned miracle in the first hand. I know in America, miracle never exists. It says, I heard it so many times. But I am the first person who, who experienced that in my life. And uh, as I'm standing in the corner, this person was cleaning the floor. He looks like my skin. Don't have English, right? My best alternative is skin. Color is the same. Language might be the same. So I ran to him. Say, hey, man, can you, can I sleep over? <laughs> I didn't say in English. I say in Ethiopian language. I wish I know that sentence. That time I could have asked anybody. Uh, he said, what do you mean sleep over? Are you gay? <laughs> Literally, he said that. Are A good thing, I don't know what gay means at that time. I don't know, unless you explain it to me, five minutes, I don't know what gay means. Whatever you say, I don't know what that means. Anyway, I don't have a sponsor. I don't know where to go. Take me tonight, tomorrow, if you want to, kick me out street. And I show my passport to American embassy to convince him. 45 minutes later, he started crying with me. How do you decide from that continent to this continent? without no knowing where to sleep for a single night. He don't know about grace because he's a Muslim. A Muslim. Ethiopian Muslim is very conservative, especially if they hear you are a Christian going to their apartment. Oh, Allah is giving to a religion by killing me. Because if he kill me, he inherits 72 virgin in heaven. I am against his religion. However, his humanity alone make him to take me to his apartment for one month. Yeah, month. Guess what? I start evangelism in his house. <laughs> I was praying as a Christian when I go to bed and when I wake up from bed. And one day his sister started crying. I don't know what was it. Is a, uh, later I find out that it is a spirit, a, a, a evil spirit, Satan, because most Ethiopian worship Satan. And even the second day, she took knife to cut my neck. When I see it is not in her human being spirit, but it is. So I know how to fight as a pastor who come from Ethiopia. When she come to kill me while I was kneeling down in the pray. Somebody was like, I saw Angel Mike holding the knife down the throat of that serpent, right? It's, she looks like that on me. Almost she can me. That very night, her brother was home, and he ran to her. He held her hand. As he was struggling with her, she cut his finger from here to almost here. So they don't know. For me, it is not surprising Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, is holding that hand not to cut my neck. I, I wasn't really scared of anything. But he don't understand if I say that. So that day, he and her, both of them took each other to emergency. 
I was left alone. Again, weeks later, I don't stop how to pray. I don't know how. how I, I don't get out without praying. Again, I start praying. She did the same. That day I said, in Jesus' name, you demon, get out of her. Now he manifests himself. He said, I'm a Satan to kill you. Then I call the name of Jesus, the demon manifest who he is, and cast it out of her. Guess what happened? She accepted Jesus Christ as her savior. Ministry started there. Still today, she lives in Texas now. Choir. Conservative Muslim grown up in Ethiopia now choir in church. Months later, after that, my ministry ended in that house. Now I transitioned to church. He found for me immigrant community church, Oromo Church in Minnesota. So that very day, I ran to that church. When I got into that church, I was surprised. Guess how many people I found? About 700 people in one church. The guy who don't know where to sleep for a single night found Oromo Ethiopian 700 worshiping the same God I worship in a church. God, what, I said, God, what do you hide these old people? <laughs> Why didn't you make one of them my uncle or my cousin so then I can call them? And the Holy Spirit said, to teach you great, uh, how great under pressure operates which was life lesson for me. But another, another ministry opened my eye in that. 700 people. I thought I, in my illusion, I thought I, God took me by spirit like he took Philip. Did you remember Philip? When the Holy Spirit uh, took him without his conscious to Ethiopian eunuch. I thought God took me that way to Ethiopia back. I didn't believe 700 people in one room. But after worship, Holy Spirit speak to my heart something missing. 700 people worship, rejoice, and do everything what Christians are supposed to do. But at the end of the day, about 500 kids play outside. Can you imagine? None of them heard the gospel throughout their life. About 500. What? I was shocked. 500 kids running, some of them even smoking cigarettes in the corner. In Ethiopian culture, smoking cigarettes for Christians is not allowed. No pressure. (laughs) It's a taboo. Even their life turned out to be taboo like that. I ran to pastor... At that time, hey, how are you? I just came from Ethiopia. Yes, you heard me when I introduced myself. But I loved today worship. However, one was missing. He said, who are you? Because I just came from Ethiopia. I cannot ask pastor question. Technically, but I said, one thing is missing. I said, why there is no place for those kids to learn from the word of God to hear the gospel? He said, after five minutes, A, no is here to speak English to them. Because they only hear what? English language. Which I'm short of that time. Huh? They speak what? 
English, that's why. So I said, you guys lived in America. There is no one person for this generation to speak the good news of Christ in English. Is that the excuse, I believe, even though I come from Africa months ago, I said. He said, finally, when I don't leave the office, he said, Thy name of Jesus Christ, get out of this office. Literally. He did. I understand where he come from. Because there are so many challenges in that problems why they don't talk to them gospel. I don't want to go to this detail because an hour is not enough. But number one, why they don't bring somebody who speaks English? Because they are afraid of identity crisis, cultural collision, family formation. You know? And even he said, you are sent by Satan to our church to, to destroy our identity, being Ethiopian. What do you mean by that, I said? Because these kids go to school. They learn everything in English. So where do they learn about their Oromonism or Ethiopianism? It is only our church. For that sake, we don't let anybody come to speak to them in English. But, 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 okay, okay, I didn't go. Then what is their eternity? What is their church if they don't hear the good news of Jesus Christ? You guys rejoice God's grace by the language you guys can understand. Why they don't rejoice God's grace by the language and the culture they understand? Why not? You don't believe about 90% of immigrants after they Graduate college, they come out non-Christian. Even though they're born from Christian family. How many percent? 90%. Okay, coming out of non-religious name is, is okay for me, but non-eternity, guys. They detach forever from eternity. Even last week, last week, one pastor called me from uh, Virginia, my friend. Within first week of college attendance, his daughter said, he called, she called to her dad, said, Dad, Jesus Christ don't exist. She called him. He's a pastor, a Roman pastor. She said, Dad, Jesus is not exist. The Jesus you preached all your life, he is one of a pro, uh, philosopher like Marcus Lelin. My college friend told me that and they convinced me. You are worshiping as a God, a philosopher, she said. And he called me to give him a word of encouragement. How can I encourage now this guy? Personally, yeah, I have to encourage. As a pastor, should I have to? No, I know the problem. I said to him bluntly out, so whose fault is that? I told him. And he said, what do you mean whose fault is that? Tell me, is that her fault or your fault? He couldn't answer, so I answered for him. It is your fault. I judged to him. You guys say, don't judge, right? I judged him right away. Why? She never learned confirmation class. She never heard the word of God, the love of Christ. So, how she have to defend her face? 
No confirmation class, no Sunday school, no Bible study, no devotion. Name Christianity alone cannot save you nowadays. She only took a Christian name but no Christ with her. That's why Exodus says, teach your child the way he's supposed to grow. Even when he grow old, he's not going to go away apart from it. Isn't what it say? So he, you didn't teach that. She's supposed to do. She learned who is ready to teach her. She learned it and she confessed what she learned. Kid generation confessed what they learned. So God said, when I miss that, even though they cast out me, out, they chase me out of the church, for six months, I started praying God. God, I'm not going to ask you to send angels from heaven to earth. Please help me to bridge this generation to their eternity, to you, Jesus, one day through me. Through me. So I prepared myself. It took me 15 years to go seminary. 2018, finally, Link sent me to Concordia Seminary to equip myself to do this ministry itself. I graduated from Concordia last year. And as soon as I graduated, thank God, Holy Spirit opened door within St. Michael here. When I talk to this problem, to them, it is not immigrant para problem. It is everybody problem. So come, let's work together. They said they opened the door, and which we did it. Immigrant generation, they don't feel, I was going to go to detail, but they don't feel belonging anywhere. You know why? Their family church, they don't feel like they belong. Why? They don't know the culture. They don't know the language. No, no. Have you ever visit our Romo church who share building upstairs? You know how they jump and dance. Right? Long hours we jump and then dance worship physically. Loud! And uh, you know what kids ask at the end of the day when they go home, mom and dad? 100% of them, mom, did you, are you drunk today? Why you jump like that? Because it doesn't make sense to them. The music, the keyboard, the style, everything doesn't make sense to them. That's why they don't belong there either. They don't feel like they belong. Do they belong to uh, Anglican church? Do they? No. Why? Even though they understand English, everything, they didn't have exposure at young age. When they come here, they don't belong. They don't feel like they belong there. In between what? The love of Christ, the good news, the gospel, the grace that we are indulging is missed. Is there any grace for them? Yes. If me and you open our heart and also if every church open their door like St. Michael for generation. Because St. Michael called me now, even we started here two years ago for the first time. Ethiopian community kids and the St. Michael Sunday School started together. Merge together. Normally, Ethiopian immigrant is one of the top to let go their kids worship with white people, especially. Why don't I tell you honest? Why? Because destruction. They never, even I remember five years ago, they, uh, we prepare a workshop and invite Professor Ku from Concordia to speak to let go their kids to worship uh, Jesus Christ in the language they understand. They almost chased him out of the state. 
because they are not ready to let go today. But for the first time, we start Sunday school together. Last year, St. Michael and the Ethiopian community who worship here start another thing together, confirmation, where they learn the foundation of their faith. About 22 kids end of last year baptized for the first time. Because Pastor Pat taught them for a year every day. Now, even we start Sunday worship, youth worship, which I lead 11 to 12 down here for the first time, St. Michael and our group. For that reason, now all over the state, God is moving, saying that one community denies their identity and they receive Jesus Christ. God make us a point of conversation. Which one is better, to deny our identity and save Jesus Christ? That's what Kate said earlier. Lose yourself to gain yourself. Right? Lose yourself to gain yourself. That's what they did in one way or another. In immigrant community, go Europe or Ethiopia or here, there is no one pastor who called you pastor. No one. Till today. Isn't it sad? In Minnesota alone, there are about 75 Ethiopian leaves, 75,000. They don't have Sunday school for their kids. There is about 21 church from Ethiopian community. None of them have confirmation class for kids. None of them. Even uh, last week, another group who shared church with St. Michael, I called their leader to introduce how can we work on kids. And I talked to them to join confirmation class. They said, oh, where is that confirmation class? They don't even know what it is, confirmation class. They never own catechism book in their life. I gave it to the pastor. He said, I never seen this book in my life. But he is the pastor. Should I cry or laugh? In my heart, it believes me. Why? Generation, what is waiting? What is waiting? Their generation, their kids who grow up under their leadership. One day, atheism. Whatever you name it, after college, whatever they learn from there. During COVID time, about 147 kids took their life from Ethiopian communities. That I only know. I know. How many of them took their life? Those who I don't know. Why they took them? Most of them have one question. I am hopeless. Because of the message of hope only can be found. The true hope only can be found in the message of Jesus Christ. Folks, who is supposed to reach them? Me? Take me? Take you? Take us. Take who? Aaron? Moses? And Joshua, ultimately saving is up to Yahweh. That's why Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter four, "Thanks be to God who led us in triumph in Christ, and through us who display His knowledge to everyone, everywhere. Through who? Through us, the aroma of Jesus Christ. We are." Life and death decision between those who perish 
those who live by delivering the grace of God. The grace of God. Now, I, myself, sometimes Pastor Pat call me, hey, Hunde, did you sleep? Sometimes I say no. Why? There are about 22 kids I deal with who lock themselves four, five, four years behind the door. Why? Their parents cannot help them. Why? They don't have English. Kids already isolated from the community. No hope. I go every night to their home to preach Jesus Christ. Out of 22, 11 of them reconcile with Jesus Christ. And also reconcile with social life. They drop out of college, that guys. Now they're back to college. They're going to college. As normal people. What did I do? Nothing. I took Jesus Christ's name to them, gospel to them. Holy Spirit did his work. Because of that, they are saved and reconciled with their Savior and their social life, their school too. If me, you, every church, open our heart, saving power, salvation, victories, ultimately up to God. But if we don't go, how God, Holy Spirit, go? With who? It is through us, supposed to be. That's what I try to say shortly. May God help us to save generation for his glory. Thank you for listening, guys. Sorry, I took lunch. Some people had to start lunch. So if you guys have questions, I am here. You can stay and ask me a question. I can entertain. If you want to share this uh, PowerPoint, I didn't touch anything because I know I don't have time to go through everything. I can share to your email later. And if you need my business phone number, there is upstairs. You guys can grab and ask me anytime. God bless you.